feel kind of like God. <laughs> and then this man with the devil on his hand came and took the hat. Free Britney. Free Britney. We're waiting to get our free iPhones from you guys. We've we've been you know talking Siri up and uh, no, just so you know, Apple, we're waiting for you to add us to your fucking podcast list. We're do we do a podcast? I think so. What? I mean, maybe. I thought this was just us having friendly debates. It kind of feels that way sometimes, <laughs> dude. I love this. This thing's fucking awesome. No, so, so, um, so Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. now does uh, the adult swim combo. So you get a little toy. It's literally the only thing is, is you get a little toy. But it's these little like adult swim blockheads. So I've got Robot Chicken, Nathan Explosion from Death Clock, and then the one I really wanted was Meatwad. And I got Meatwad. Do they have the fries too? What? The fries and the drink. Well, you know, I mean, it's a combo, so it comes with fries no, and no, drink. No, 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 I'm talking about the meat. Oh, Frylock? Yeah, Frylock. And Master Shake? Yeah. Probably. That'd be dope as fuck. Right? Like, that's, I, I gotta keep going to Carl's Jr. now. I'm trying to eat healthier, and then Carl's Jr. is like, here's this adult swim combo. Hey, I'm, Plus, I'm, I'm, have you tried their new hot honey chicken sandwich? I have not. It's amazing. Like, amazing. No, I just go Hot to honey chicken sandwich. I mean, it's exactly as it sounds. I've been trying to save money, dude, but every time I go to Charles Carl's Jr., it's like I'm saving money because I get two famous stars with no cheese, and they give me the buy one, get one free famous star. So I'm saving money every time I go. People be sleeping on Carl's Jr. Hey, Carl's Jr., if you'd like to sponsor us, <laughs> we'll shout you out all day. <laughs> well, that pretty much goes for anybody. I mean, yeah. No, seriously. If anybody would like to sponsor us or do like a brand deal, we hope someone from Select anything. is listening to this. Fuck Select. I mean, who? <laughs> who? Oh shit, Nick! Shots fired. We might be fucking seeing some rain tonight. Oh yeah, no. I heard it's supposed to like rain for the next week. That's actually. fucking dope, dude. We need fucking rain. It's like dry as fuck. No, we do. We do. We definitely do. It's like sandy vagina. Every day I go out and work, it's terrible. <laughs> Have you ever had sandy vagina? It hurts. It's like sandpaper when you're going in. Oh, no. Yeah, no, that's that's all bad. You get a rash afterwards and you think it's herpes. And no, it's just because you're a fucking sandy vagina. (laughs) She went to a beach. Oh, no. (laughs) That used to be my thing. You go to a beach... And that's the thing is like I never understood like having sex at the beach like it just it doesn't fucking sand gets at all the places you don't want it to it's 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 abrasive it's uh it's uncomfortable (laughs) it it literally is like your fucking sandpaper at that point so like you're rubbing your dick raw you're rubbing her shit raw like it's it's all bad it's a bad bad situation don't don't do it don't have sex at the beach just don't and you go in the water and get a staph infection in your penis like like or you get stung by a jellyfish you get stung by a jellyfish and and then somebody's got to pee on it. Is that true? R. Kelly. Is that true, really? What? You got to get peed on? Yeah, fucking? no. Um, so, yeah, apparently if you get stung by a jellyfish, the best way to uh, nullify the, the the toxins is to pee on it. Why? I don't know. But, well, it, but it is. It didn't work for Will Smith and fucking <laughs> seven pounds. What? 
When he killed himself with the jellyfish. He put all them box jellyfish in the tub with them and killed them. Okay, well, yeah, but that's because nobody peed on him. Well, he, <laughs> well, technically, when you're dying, you pee. They say all your bowels get let loose. So, technically, since he was in the pool, wasn't he peeing on himself? It is a little bit uh, loud. Yeah, no, I think I think that buzz was just in our headphones because I tried adjusting our levels and it didn't affect it. But now that I've turned the headphones down a little, it's not there. It's still, oh, it's still, it's still kind of there. It's but still it, there. <laughs> it's all good. I'm not worried about it. If it doesn't come up in the shit, there we go. There we go. All right, all right. We're I good. think we're good. It, it's still kind of there, but we'll ignore <laughs> it. We'll just ignore it. And and it does not show up in edits. I can tell you that. Uh, the only thing that really does show up in our edits is. <sighs> <laughs> um, oh, you mean when I'm like. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, that. You fucking do, mouth breather. Just do that shit on purpose. Because the old recording stuff, we couldn't, you couldn't hear that. It didn't pick it up. This picks up a lot more. Yeah, no, it's it's a lot more sensitive. It definitely is. Oh, I like it when it's Wait. sensitive. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's kind of sucks when it's sensitive because uh, then you know, like it, you can't really do a whole lot. Yeah. Well, you got the reset. Remember? Oh yeah, the reset. Reset. Hey, yeah. So I've decided anytime we uh, we get a little too off topic, I'm just gonna go reset. Hey, so uh, <laughs> no, it happened. It happened to me fucking this week. She's like, you need to hit the reset button. <laughs> Uh, that's great, oh, man. God damn it. The uh, yeah, because you keep fucking bogarting the shit, dude. Humphrey fucking bogard. <laughs> God fucking damn it. It's like I'm fucking working with a bunch of kids here. A bunch? I'm only one person, motherfucker. Yeah, dude, you, have, you, you have to like fucking five kids. Where's the fucking lighter even? I don't know. I don't have it. Here. <laughs> I found it. God damn. <laughs> <sighs> oh man, I'm so tired, dude. Fucking like, we uh, we went wine tasting yesterday, and at one of the wineries, they kept filling an extra glass because they brought us out all new glasses. But one of the guys still had his wine, so he drank that. So they kept filling up this extra glass, and it happens to be sitting right next to me. And I'm like, hey. well, I might as well. So we started there, and then it took fucking forever. And then we went to another winery and fucking went and got shots at the uh, at Murphy's Hotel. And then we came back and then we went back and got more shots and then came back and then we went to the third winery where I bought my wife that stuff and um, the wine there was all right. And then we came, but on the way back we stopped off at the store because I wanted. I'm not a chicken fan, really. A lot of people, like chicken breast especially, because chicken breast, dude, there's no fucking flavor to it at all. It's, there's nothing there, so we stopped off. Where the fuck are you going? I gotta take this. Oh. But anyway, so he, he doesn't need to be here for this anyway. Um, so we stopped off at a grocery store thing, I forget what it was called, and um, bought some ribs, uh, some pork spare ribs. A fucking sauce for him, and um, a bottle of whiskey. And it wasn't a cheap bottle of whiskey. I mean, it was a little. It was probably like forty bucks, something like that, for like a fifth. Which I mean, if you're used to fucking drinking Jack Daniels, Jack Daniels like twenty bucks a bottle. You know what I mean? So it's it. it but so but anyway, 
Long story short, we're, we're drinking, and he keeps pouring shots. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude. I, I know I know how this is going to end. But he keeps pouring shots, and I keep taking them. And I, I actually turned down, like, once or twice. I was like, oh, no, just give me a second. I'm fucked up as it is. I don't remember the whole night, but I woke up this morning, and I didn't feel, like, hung over at all. I mean, I just felt like I slept like shit. You know, I just felt tired. That was it. But I think also with that, because the the whiskey I usually like fucking, I usually drink Templeton or I, um, I've, I've fucked up before and drank a whole bottle of that to my face on a night, a big mistake. Um, I peed on the cat tower that night. That was, that was interesting. Um, but, uh, you know, the next morning I woke up and I didn't feel bad. I didn't feel like fucking I was fucked up the night before like that, but you know, I was, but you know, what all I'm getting at is I think when you spend a little more money on the alcohol that you don't get a terrible fucking hangover because when you buy those $20 fucking handles of like fucking rum or whiskey or whatever the fuck you're buying a $20 handle of, you wake up the next morning and you feel like you got hit in the face with a fucking truck. Yeah, $20 handles are never a good idea, it's like but buying, I love them that's like because buying, I'm an alcoholic. It's like buying pop-off vodka, dude. Oh, no, or taka. Taka vodka. I've never had taka vodka. It's basically pop of. Yeah, it's the same plastic bottle, fucking shitty vodka. When you're buying alcohol, and it comes in a plastic yeah, bottle. Yeah, plastic you, anything. You're you're in for not, a bad time. He knows it's not it's good. Like, it's like South Park is like, yeah. When you if you pizza when you want a French fry, you're gonna have a bad time. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of like that. And and I'll agree, like plastic bottle anything, it's not going to end well. Except for Pepsi. Well, sodas, sodas are the uh, the exception. But I'm, I'm talking hard liquor. If but you're soda, buying hard liquor and it comes in plastic, then you might as well just mix it into the soda bottle. With you might the soda. as well just drink rubbing alcohol. Oh God! I remember it's the cheaper. fucking first time I fucking really got drunk, dude, and we bought the cheapest shit possible, dude, and it was fucking terrible. I blacked out. I fucking ended up on the fucking at my house, which was miles and miles away. Apparently, my parents had to come pick me up. Ended up on the floor in the bathroom. No idea what happened. Yeah, no, I've I've got some pretty crazy blackout stories. One time, I uh, ended up in a parking lot the opposite direction of the way you were going, wondering how you got there. Yeah, actually, that too. But uh, <clears throat> so <laughs> no, one time, so I went to this party, right, and I got fucked up, and then. The next thing I know, I wake up in the morning and I'm looking, I'm on this couch, right? And I'm looking around the house you, and I'm like, is this a recent story? No, no. This is like high school oh, okay. day. Like, this, like right after high school. This wasn't what like, happened no, like no, for this, no, this, is like, this is like er, late high school, right after high school, right at, right around that time. Okay. So I go to this party and I get fucked up and I wake up in this living room and I'm looking around and I'm on this couch and I'm like, I don't, I don't recognize where I am. Like, I don't know. I don't know. And so I'm like, I don't know whose house this is. So then I'm looking around the house and I'm like, did I break into somebody's fucking house? And then so I'm freaking out at this point. And then a car pulls into the driveway. I see the car coming in through like the, you know, I'm in the living room. I can see the car pulling into the driveway. And so I just freak the fuck out. And I go and I run out the back door and I, I hide in the bushes in the backyard. Whose house was it? Well, I'll, I'll get to that. So I'm hiding in the bushes in the backyard, right? And then I hear somebody in the house calling somebody's name. 
I'm like, what the fuck? And then it sounds like my name. I'm like, what the fuck? So I hear, Nick. Nick. I'm like, what the fuck? So then somebody comes out into the back, because I left the back door wide open. And so they come out into the backyard, and they start calling my name, and I just poke my head out of the bushes, because somebody <laughs> called, if they know my name, you know, so like I pop my head out of the bushes, and it's one of my friends. And I'm like, oh, shit, what's up? And he's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing in the backyard? And I'm like, I, I freaked out. I'm like, I thought I broke into somebody's house. And he's like, no, 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 you totally broke into our house. But luckily, you know us. <laughs> so I literally broke in. And if, if I had looked at the back door before I ran into, the, I ran out into the backyard, apparently I had busted through the back door. Like I busted out a little window right there. So, yeah, no, I, I have some crazy blackout stories. Like I'm not getting drunk with you ever again. <laughs> well, I don't, I don't, I don't do that anymore. And I'm breaking into people's houses. Well, you know, it was I mean, one time. And then like, it was, I think, I think it was only because I knew. Who, That's what like I knew whose house it was, so I was like, "Oh, I'm just gonna go here and pass out because this is my homie's house." Anyway, um, how far in are we? Like 20 minutes. That is the perfect time to let you guys know that you are listening to Dab to Death. Insert ad here. Your ad could be. Here. <laughs> um, but yeah, I am one of your hosts. I am Nick Nobody Savage. And I'm Dick Cock Anonymous. Yes, he is. Don't look him up on Porn Tug. Porn Hub. <laughs> porn Tug. <laughs> porn Tug. <laughs> Don't look him up on Porn Tug. We should start a website called Porn Tug. I bet you there probably is a fucking site called Porn Tug. All right, we're looking it up right now. My search history has got to be fucked up. Porntug.com. It, oh, nothing. There's no website. See? There's a market for it. We can do it. So apparently now we're going to be opening a, a, a adult entertainment website. I thought people. you wanted to do that. Remember what was the what was your concept for it? Dude, that's fucking ingenious. There, no, you had an idea. Remember, we had a whole idea for a porn site. It's on one of the recordings, isn't it? I think so. Or is it one of the? Or is that one of the ones that we lost? Oh uh, yeah, I think it was one of the ones we lost. What was that? I don't remember. We had an oh, idea. Oh, fucking! Was a, it was it was a, a fucking because you know the fetishes, fucking people like brothers, like a fucking step sibling. Oh, the family one. thing. It was like a, a only family or something. Yeah, onlyfamily.com, <laughs> dude. Onlyfamily.com. Oh my god. Obviously, you I don't know, think we can put this in the episode because then somebody will steal that, our idea. Obviously, there would be a disclaimer at the beginning that says all these people are actors who get paid to do this. Yes, yes. You know? These are not actually family members. Well, they might be step family Shh. members. What? What? Hmm? Anyway, you are listening to Dab to Death, and today we are going to give you the Jim Jones episode part two. Part two. Just got to keep getting Jones for more. Yeah, you got to keep them Jonesing for more. Fuck that up, dude. I don't know how to fucking read. (laughs) (laughs) Move. Ow. Ow, my butt. Jesus Christ. This is why we dab most of the time, people. Yeah, ow, my butt. I brought my I brought my nice cigar box though. Uh, uh, but yeah, like 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 you said, we're doing a Jim Jones part two. What the fuck did you do with the lighter again? What? It's right. What if it fucking when it burns your ass, dude? You're fucking it, my my butt it, cheeks it, put it, it, it out. It, it, the hotness of your butt cheeks. My, my made mighty ass put that blunt out. <laughs> You're gonna have third degree burns. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a little blister on my butt. <laughs> 
What already uh, looks like you got little shit stains hey, all over Hey, those are butt. freckles, okay? They're like little freckly, birthmarky freckles. No, I don't look at this guy's ass, but he bent over in front of me one day, which was a bad thing because I saw all this shit and I was like, what the fuck, Nick? Like I said, they're freckles. They're yeah. fucking freckles, okay? Yeah, like explosive shit that just bounced off the toilet and hit your ass. Okay, number one, if that had happened, I would have cleaned it up. Number two, like... It's it's freckles. Yeah, you know, you're taking you're dropping a deuce and you feel the water come down. Oh no! <laughs> that that splashback that like uh, well, you, you, like when you're at Sea World and you sit in the front three rows, you're in the splash zone. You know when you never want to have the splash zone, porta potty. Oh God, no! Even if it was like number one, if you get a splashback on a fucking porta potty, <laughs> oh, you are doing some explosive fucking shitting. <laughs> Because like to shit, to, to, like, there there's a pretty sizable gap I'm between saying, your ass and the fluid level, yes. unless it's a really really full porta potty. But like most That's of the time, nasty, there's dude. like a pretty good gap there. So if you're shitting so hard that the water is splashing back onto your ass, well, what if you just got a heavy deuce oh, that drops, dude? Jesus, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, because then, then your butthole's blue, because that shit's blue. Yeah, that's what I was, I was talking about the stain. You know, it's funny when when uh, so my wife my wife puts the uh, uh, those, those things puts turn the, the lotion on its skin or else it, it gets the hose again. <laughs> no, my wife oh. my wife puts the um, the blue stuff in the toilet bowl. You know, oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. you put it in the tank so the toilet fucking yeah, so the yeah. water is blue. Yeah. Now, if we're gone for a week and we come back, that first flush, man, it just looks dark blue. It's like, oh my god. You know, I enjoy having my own bathroom now. Oh yeah, the the man cave. The man is that's my man room when I when I'm taking a deep shit. I'm thinking, <laughs> dude, I had fucking some thoughts the other day that I fucking I was wished we had the fucking recording because I could have done some deep dick thoughts. Oh shit, it's been a minute since we've had a deep dick thought. Yeah, d- d- dick hasn't been you know fucking. Dick's been getting deep. Dick hasn't been going too deep lately. Yeah, because I fall asleep at fucking 8 o'clock at night for some reason. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Ah, I wish I could fall asleep that early. I wake up at 4.30. No, no, it's only, it's only when I drink. Really? Because yeah. when I drink, I stay up so like, fucking like, late. Like, remember fucking when you guys came over Wednesday night, dude? I fucking yeah, you passed, passed the, the fuck, fuck out. out. Yeah, you were out early. And that, but that's the thing. It's like when I drink, I don't know what it is, but like when I drink, I just want to keep going. So like I have hell of energy. Like that, I just, I just. I'm, okay, I'm, people. So I am starting a GoFundMe to send uh, Nick hey, to um, re- no. rehab. Number one, been there, done that. Bought the T-shirt, traded it for more alcohol and drugs. That's cool. Yeah, cause fuck that T-shirt. It was lame. Fuck your T-shirt. I want. Fuck we, your T-shirt. You should make a T-shirt that says. It says fuck, fuck your t-shirt. t-shirt. Oh my god! Yes. We're doing it. Take that Tara off. Bad Tees. Take that off. Take th- yeah, well, we keep we keep putting our good ideas out on the air. That's not a good idea. <laughs> Thank God we don't have Jim Bezos listening. Jeff Bezos? Sure. Elon yeah. Musk, man. Yeah, so so in the in the race to take over the world, who do you think's gonna win? Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos? Richard Branson. I don't think Richard Branson has it. Honestly, like he—he's cool. I like Richard Branson. There's nothing against him. Honestly, I just don't think he has what it takes to take over the world. Dude, you know, we're talking Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. Those are the two, like Amazon and Tesla. That's who's either going to take over the world, Amazon or Tesla. I think what's going to happen is Amazon is going to take over the the world, and Tesla is going to take over Mars. Dude. Anyway, keep him Jones in for more.
Yeah, gotta keep them jonesing for more. You know, man landed on the moon. Did they though? William Shatner. Did they really though? Did they really land on the moon? Because I I think it was a fake moon landing. I think it was filmed in a studio in Los Angeles, California. Do you though? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe the no, but like there, there is a lot of conspiracy theories around the moon landing, around the moon in general, um, around Mars. There's, there's a lot of conspiracy. What the fuck was that? Fucking meat wad just fucked this shit up. <laughs> what the fuck was that? That was meat What did you do to meat wad? I was playing with him. Stop playing with meat wad. <laughs> I was spinning his his head and his, <laughs> his body flew out of my hand. Anyway. It's my prop for the day. Uh, anyway, so uh, yeah, like we said, this is Dab to Death and we're getting into Jim Jones Part 2. Point five. Thank you. Thank you. So, let's get into this. Last, the good times. No, so, so, last we left off, uh, they had just moved into the Jewish synagogue, which had temple carved on the outside. Hence, they came up with the name and of the people's so, yeah, temple. Exactly. And so, but here's the thing is like, so the people's temple, you would think it would be like P-E-O-P-L-E apostrophe S, like the people's temple like they own it you know but it wasn't it was just the people's temple because like jim jones didn't want to imply ownership at all it was like a. it was ki- all his anyway it it, it really was like <laughs> it was jim jones temple but <laughs> an awesome name <laughs> oh my god jjt the jim jones temple um but yeah no so like jim jones really was just like he was a mastermind at this shit like, he made people think that it was, like, this huge community-driven thing, and it really wasn't. So, th- like I said, the last we got into was the People's Temple was formed and on the rise. So, this is the good times. So, by 1956, Jones had established the People's Temple and begun to hit his stride as a preacher and a religious icon. All because kids didn't like him when he was a kid. Right? Like, it, this just goes to show you, if you're bullied as a kid, you can do anything. You can become a religious You icon. can become a cult leader, too. Uh, <laughs> that's a terrible message to send Cult to leader for dummies. <laughs> <laughs> cult leaders for dummies. Yes. Uh, for the Four Dummies book series, hit us up. We'll help you write cult leaders for dummies. Uh, anyway, <laughs> so the church's social work also began to expand because remember, like we had talked about, like they did a lot of this tangible results work, you know, so their social work began to expand. And the first of these ventures was to bring elderly members of the church into the Joneses home and caring for them. Um, and this would eventually lead to the formation of several high quality nursing homes. Are those nursing homes still around today? That is a great question, <laughs> and I really wish I had looked into that. I probably should have. It's all good. No, no, no. But like, we'll we'll do a follow up. We'll do a follow up. Yeah, we'll we'll do a follow up. Um, but yeah, so they they had like a lot of nursing homes, and like that was their their big thing is like the elderly, you know? Because I remember Jim Jones was like, oh, if you take care of the people that nobody else is taking care of, they'll take care of you. And 
these nursing homes began to serve Jim Jones and, by association, the People's Temple in several ways. The first of these was that Jim Jones would have these old people sign over their homes and all of their worldly possessions. So Jones would then liquidate their assets and add the money to the church's coffers and his pockets. Well, the church's coffers were his pockets. Basically. (laughs) And that's the thing is like, if you really want to get rich, if you really want to get rich, you either start a religion or you start a nonprofit. Guys, we are going to start a new religion. We're going to do sermons every Sunday. Yes, um, dab to deathology. At the Walgreens parking lot. <laughs> we don't tell you which Walgreens either. Figure it out. There's a lot of them. Hey, it's a gamble. Hey, it turns into Fight Club like this. <laughs> <laughs> Rule number one, you don't talk about dab, dab to, to deathology. deathology. <laughs> Rule number two, you don't talk about dab to deathology. Rule number three, if it's your first night, you have to fight. No, you have to dab. Yeah, you have to dab. Thanks, Bruce. And Lewis. then, oh no! Other I mean, than that, there are no rules. I meant thanks, Brad Pitt. I didn't mean Bruce Willis. Bruce thanks, Willis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, could you imagine if Bruce Willis played that part instead of Brad Pitt? Would that have been? <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a really different. I, I feel like totally it would have been a whole different, different movie. movie. <laughs> like, I think Brad Pitt was the perfect character to play Tyler Durden. Like, like. Well, what about uh, because, no? Because okay, what about his character in an Interview with a Vampire? Oh, Lestat. He wasn't Lestat. That was Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, no, he was. Um, I forget what the guy's name was. Fuck. Um, and then they had Kirsten Dunst in that movie oh, too. When she was a kid. She was in love with uh, dude. I'm sorry, but Queen Brad of the Damned. Pitt. Queen of the Damned was way better than Interview with a Vampire. As far as movies go, but interview with the books, no, the books, like I love all of the books equally, but I think queen of the damned was the best movie. And I think it's because it had Aaliyah and it was like, just like the super sexy fucking vampire movie. It was like blade for women. Oh my God. Blade. I love blade. Let's see. Uh, (laughs) It's happening. Yeah. (laughs) And this is how it happens. We're starting a blade religion. Uh, (laughs) 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 Oh, no, that was too many. Too many. This was technical difficulties. Okay, so secondly, these nursing homes employed members of the People's Temple. So it's kind of like Goodwill, you know? How, like, Goodwill's like, hey, we're going to employ these developmentally disabled people. But see, you're hiring. And get rich off them. Because it says, you know... Says so this provided jobs and a source of income for people who might not have the same opportunities elsewhere. True, because but, you but, have to. No, you have no, to remember no, okay. in the early days of the People's Temple. Hear, hear me out first. Okay. You, you haven't, you haven't okay. heard where I was okay. going to go with okay. this. It gives them a source of income that goes but, back to the church. Well, it goes back to the church, but it's also probably at a lower wage. Oh yeah, no, definitely. Then, you know, someone. Who has, I guess, different opportunities? Yeah, no. It, it's, I mean, he was, he was, he was taking advantage. Of like everybody. I said, it's goodwill. I'm, they're, they're paying. It, me. It's goodwill. It's the Salvation Army. It's all of these fucking nonprofit they're, charities that take advantage of people that are in situations. Amazon. Oh yeah, Jeff Bezos, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dude, Bezos. Dude, Facebook has been under fire. I, 
I honestly haven't really like. I know that like the whole what was it? There was like a shutdown or like yeah, something like they crashed or whatever. Like yeah. I I don't know. I don't care. I don't know something about Facebook and kids and shit, and they know that it's dangerous for kids or whatever. But they, I, don't uh, know, I thought Facebook was trafficking anyway, kids. But you know, you whatever. know, all of the work he was doing, Jim Jones, be that. Um, was these elderly people in the community helped to build trust in Jim Jones? Well, and yeah, because if you're taking I mean, if you're taking care of old people, everybody's like, "Oh my God, he's the best person ever." But without these three factors, it is very well possible that Jim Jones and his church would have either remained a small community church or faded into the obscurity and tr- the tragedy at Jonestown might never have occurred. This wow, is that true. was a mouthful, and that is what she said as well. <laughs> well, and this is true, though, because like there are several instances in this story where if things had not played out the way they did, the People's Temple and Jim Jones would have just faded into obscurity, and we would have never known who they were. Now, now check this but, out, because no, because but the, so, but like I'm saying, it's like there's the 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 social work, all of the, the these things, and then we'll talk about this later. The political ties through Marceline's family. I, I think I talked about this before. You know, we we've had a conversation about. Whether or not you believe all the decisions you've made in your past have led you up to this moment in time right now, because if you would have changed one little word, a little word, even anything, exactly, and that's the thing is like I could been, change the whole path of your I've, whole exactly. Life. I've been through, I've been through some shit in my life, and like I would not fuck doctor. Doctor Dick's gonna have to come no, out. No, no, no. I'm just saying, son, like, tell me your problem. No, all I'm saying is that like <laughs> I've been through some shit in my life, but. I would not change a single thing that I have been through or that I, a single decision that I have made because that has made me who I am today. And honestly, I'm okay with who I am today. Like I, yes, we can always improve, but like, I'm all right with who I am today. And like, I'm I'm doing, no, but like I'm doing so much better now than I was doing years ago. Like I came up from being fucking homeless to hosting a podcast in the second bedroom of my two-story fucking apartment. Like, I, I'm i doing all right, you know? You know, Jim Jones was one hell of a guy, though. <laughs> he, he, he started a soup kitchen called The Free Restaurant. He did, actually. Ran clothing drives, put together youth programs to, keep, to help keep kids off the streets. Which he was just probably trying to get into their parents' minds so they'd well, come to his church. And and honestly, everything Jim Jones did was a recruitment tactic. Yeah. Because like he like you said in the last episode, he was plotting from day one. He knew what he wanted to he do. He knew what he wanted to do. He knew what he wanted to control. And, and, and you know what I think I think death might have always been his end goal because he, let me see how many people I can get to kill themselves because he would yeah. All, all the shit that he well, did when he was a kid. The fucked up shit when he was, you know. The the animals kids. and the like the, the laying in the, the coffins and all this shit. But later on in this episode, we'll talk about how uh, he would even uh, run test runs on like the mass suicide thing. Where he would like, he would gain uh, some, he would gather some of his closest followers and he would like make them drink. And he'd be like, oh, we're going to toast. And then they would toast, and then they would all drink, and then he'd be like, you all just drank poison. And then he would watch how they reacted. 
And then based on how they reacted, he would use that later on. So like, like there, like you said, he was plotting from day one. He really was. So speaking about all this terrible shit that he was planning on doing, you know, the people's temple was doing a lot of good work in the community, but it wasn't enough for Jones. That's, that's not what he wanted. He wanted to have political power. Yeah, exactly. Because if you have political power and religious power, you're unstoppable. I kind of feel like God. I kind of feel like a god. That's what he wanted. So in the very early days of Jim's would-be political career, he really didn't have like a talent for how the game of politics was played. And this is where Marceline came in, because as we mentioned in last week's episode, Marceline came from a politically connected family and had grown up around that game her entire life. Just like Arnold Schwarzenegger married into the Shriver family. Mm, strange connection, I think so. <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger's the next Jim Jones. Oh God, wouldn't that be something if Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> had his own fucking... Like, so we are going to drink the Kool-Aid, yeah? Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper and drink the Kool-Aid. Get to the chopper. <laughs> Get to the chopper. Drink the Kool-Aid. That was, that was, I, that was, I don't know what that was. What that did was... Jones do with his wife? <laughs> what? What did Jones, Jones do to Marceline? Um, so, so Jones would send Marceline to uh, local political meetings as like kind of a spy so he could learn what was going on in the local scene. Where's so, Shelly David? Yeah. Where is Shelly David? We, we really, we are going to keep nailing this point home until either we get a cease and desist, and even then we'll keep going, bitch. How are um, they going to send us a cease and desist if they don't know who we are? Ha ah. Yes. Anyway. They're going to hit us up and say, we want to do a commercial on your channel. Right, right. Scientology would love to advertise on your podcast. And I'm like, here's our contact information. Cease and desist. Fuck. Um, but no, anyway. So, yeah, where is Shelly David? Uh, but anyway, so Jones would send Marceline to local political meetings. We had talked about that. Um, but so, so Marceline would report back to Jones with what she had heard, and she would teach him what to say when he would go to these meetings so it sounded like he knew what he was talking about. And then people would take him seriously. So much like his religious preachings... Because remember, Jones was an atheist who only saw God as a tool to gain control. I've said that various times. Yeah, exactly. Like you have said. So his entire political career was built on bullshit, much like his religious one. And it's around this same time that Jones is introduced to someone who would become kind of an inspiration and a little bit of a mentor to him. Father Divine, a.k.a. The Messenger, a.k.a. Reverend Major Jealous Divine. So this guy, a little background on Father Divine. He was a man who, uh, much like Jim Jones, had amassed a following and had kind of convinced them that he was God on Earth. Father Divine had a large denomination, a.k.a. a cult. Basically. Called the International Peace Mission Movement. Um, this was essentially the early makings of a cult. They had a compound. He essentially had a harem of women 
Which I mean, doesn't yeah, that's, every that's person- ki- no, that's kind of like the biggest requirement for a cult leader is you have like multiple wives, or you get to fuck all the women. We need to find how many, find out how many women David Miscavige is having relations with. Where's Shelly, David? <laughs> Where is she? And that's why um, Shelly is missing is so David can fuck all the other women. But this guy, Father Divine, had his followers brainwashed to believe everything he told them. For example. Yeah, so uh, there's this Jump jumping bodies, bodies theory. So after Father Divine's wife, Penaniah, who was also known as Mother Divine, died in 1942. AKA he killed her. Well, no, she died of natural causes, but in 1942 she died and he convinced his entire following that he, that her spirit had jumped into the body of a 21-year-old Canadian woman named Edna Richings. So... Keep in mind, Penaniya, Mother Divine, was an old black woman. And all of a sudden, she's a young white woman. And Father Divine was like, well, this is my sweet angel divine. <laughs> and, and, and his followers bought it. Like, they really bought it. Like, hook, line, and sinker. He was like, yeah, this is, this is Penaniya in a different body. And everybody's like, that makes sense. That makes sense. Go ahead. Go ahead, Father Divine Fucker. I wonder wow, if he that did. That got dark. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jones had... I'm going to do a dab. Jones essentially took Father Divine, Divine's entire act and just repackaged it and used it in the People's Temple. I mean, he if you think up, about it, all religion is just repackaged bullshit from other religions. And, and I've heard, I've heard some of, some of his stuff. And he had stepped up his healings and brought even more fire and brimstone into his sermons. But I mean, in, in, in using fire and brimstone, you're just trying to kind of you're t- taking control of these people is what you're trying to do. Yeah, basically, because you're just like, oh, you know, like. Armageddon, the end of the world, fire and brimstone, Satan is coming. And everybody's like, oh my God, what? how are you going to help us? How are you going to protect us? The easiest way to get people to follow you is to tell you that you have something that they want. Exactly. Or that you have answers, answers to questions that they know or need to know. Um. So most of Jim Jones's earlier, early followers um, ended up being his most devoted and his inner circle and these were the ones who served the Flavorade. Yeah, not who, Kool-Aid. Who, Flavorade. Who executed the attack at the airstrip, which led to the max ex- mass execution of over 900 people at Jonestown. By the yeah, end, so, so there, there were a lot, like I said, the, there were a lot of his loyal followers. And like like Dick had mentioned, the, the attack at the airstrip was carried out by one of his most loyal, which ironically enough... Uh, Jim Jones had taken this man's wife as his own. And this man was still so loyal to Jones that he would do whatever Jones asked him to do. This is the kind of control this man had. It's fucked up. Um, anyway, uh, by the end, there these people's entire vision had become so twisted and lost that you can only imagine... They didn't even know how fucked up what they were doing actually was. And I mean, that is true with, with, with a lot of people. I mean, you keep feeding bullshit to people over and over and over again, and you, you will change it's, who they it's are. It's brainwashing. It's essentially brainwashing. You've brainwashed these people into believing whatever you say. 
Now, um, one of these true believers, as some would like to call him, um, was Patty Cartmel. Oh, poor Patty. Patty was constantly searching for a religious leader to protect her from the apocalypse she knew was coming. She just wanted dick. Well, no, um, no, no. So, so, you know, there are those people out there that are like religious and like they believe that the apocalypse is coming and like they know that the end times are nigh. So they're looking for a leader. They're looking for a religious savior. There are people out there like that. And Patty Cartmel was one of these people. And once she found Jones, she basically fell in love with him and became one of his most devout followers. Jones actually later put her in charge of his fuck schedule since (laughs) she was too big for him. Yeah, no, so Jim Jones, once he became, like, cult leader Jim Jones, and he had, like, his his multitude of wives and women that he was allowed to fuck, he he took Patty, because Patty was in love with him. Patty Cartmel wanted to fuck Jim Jones. And and Jim Jones was like... Yeah, Patty. What what I'm gonna need you to do is God has a, God has a different a different plan for you, Patty. So what what God needs you to do is God needs you to determine my fuck schedule because I got, I got all these wives and and I need to know who I'm gonna fuck on what day. And so God God has determined that. That's your job, maybe Patty. He meant, maybe by him saying she was too big, maybe he meant her oh, vagina no. was too no, big. No, no, it was no. like she, a hot she was a, she was a, she was a heavy girl. She was a heavy girl, and he didn't want it. But yeah, so uh, yeah, basically Jim Jones was kind of a a, a dick, <laughs> you know, like putting. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like to put it lightly, Jim Jones was an asshole, because like. I'm sorry, big girls need loving too. Whoop whoop. <laughs> whoop whoop. Why are we whoop whooping? Are we juggalos? What's a juggalo? Uh, we've been over this. Juggalos are the fans of ICP. Anyway, so Jones worked his way up to becoming a legitimate pastor and joined his church with a larger church because that's the easiest way to get tax exempt status is to join your church with a bigger church that already has it. <laughs> um, this this larger church that he had joined with was the first disciples of Christ, making the full name of the newly formed church now the People's Temple of the First Disciples of Christ. This not which o- is a mouthful. And like Nick was saying, this not only legitimized both Jones and the People's Temple, but it also gained them tax exempt status. They were now a bona fide church. <laughs> slash cults. I mean, whatever you want to call it. All churches are cults. Just call it a sex circle. All churches are cults. <laughs> um, at about this time, Jim and Marceline decided to start building their own family. In 1952, Jones had already failed at attempting to take care of a child when they tried to adopt Marceline's nephew, Ronnie. <laughs> Ronnie wanted to return home to his family despite not being in the best situations. But Jones decided he was better off with them and started lying to the kid, telling them his mom didn't love him and that he could never return home. Yeah, no, this was pretty fucked up. Like, Jones was like, this is where Jones started to try his, like, mental manipulation on people 
because he was like lying to this kid. He's like, your mom doesn't love you. She never fucking loved you. She doesn't want you. Fucking, you're a piece of trash. Imagine having Jim Jones say that to you. Right. Like, he's just wearing his sunglasses, talking about, your mother never loved you. Uh, Is he preaching to you, too, while he's doing it? (laughs) Your mother never loved you. And she wanted me to tell you that you're going to burn in the depths of hell. Um, thank God for Ronnie. Maybe not. Maybe not. He I didn't know. buy that bullshit. Yeah, no. Ronnie was a smart kid. And eventually returned home to his family. Another betrayal for Jones. Well, because remember, remember when uh, Donnie Foreman, good old Don Foreman, tried to leave Jones when they were kids. Jones tried to fucking shoot him with a gun, like an actual gun. So, like, Jones did not like people leaving him. But if Ronnie had stayed, he almost surely would have died in Jonestown. Oh, no, then, definitely. Then, then maybe the maybe the fear of having everybody in his cult leave him is what made him have them drink the well, flavor. And, and we we will definitely get into that, how his, uh, his obsession with like people leaving him and that being a betrayal, how that definitely played into this whole catastrophe. Mm-hmm. So six, year, six years later, in 1958... Jim and Marceline adopt 10-year-old Agnes, who is mostly absent or in the background for most of this story. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, this happened, and Agnes was there. <laughs> oh, and then this, this, then this happened. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, and then, and then Agnes was over here. And, like, she was kind of an afterthought in the whole story, which is kind of ironic because I think, I think, didn't she survive? Agnes was one of the two children to die in Jonestown. Oh, no, she, yeah, she was the only one to die, or one of the only ones to she die. She died with Lou. Yeah. So, um, so the surviving children were Stephen, or Stefan, Stefan? However you want to read that shit. Whatever. It's, the, it's their only birth son, actually. Um, and their adopted sons, Tim and Jim Jones Jr., who was the first black kid to be adopted by a white couple in Indiana. How is that for progressive? They refer to this as their rainbow. Family. Well, no, and, and but but think about it. If you look in the history books of Indiana, that is actually a historical moment in Indiana, and it's in their hist- It's in their history. So, like Jim Jones is in Indiana's history books. It's kind of it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. But like you said, they did refer to this. Hey, it's me, Wad. <laughs> you know, I just, I just want to say that, like, I really like what you guys are doing here, and I, I really love that dab stuff, and I think, I think everybody should listen to him, because me, Wad, loves him. This commercial was brought to you by Flavor-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> so, they referred to, like you had mentioned, they referred to this as their rainbow family, because Agnes was Native American, Lou was Korean, and then Tim and Steven were white, and then Jim Jr., which I think was technically Jim the Third, because Jim Jones was Jim Jr. So Jim the Third was black. JJJ. 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 <laughs> anyway, uh, but yeah, so this was all part of the image that Jones was like carefully crafting to gain further influence and political power because he really wanted to create like the perfect image of a family. No, but it also got him to get the minorities as well. Exactly, and that's that's one of the things he was always going for was like, I want 
you know, I like, made you whole. Now, now I own you. I, oh yeah, that's a big thing in his in his entire thing. Is like I did this for you, so now I own you. Or I I provide <coughs> I provided all of this for you, so now you're mine. Like. <laughs> I mean, I guess. <laughs> no, I mean, he should have played that when he, was, when he was talking to him. And now you're mine. And just... <laughs> anyway. Drink the juice. <laughs> oh, fun, fun fact. You, you weren't here for this uh, conversation. What the fuck? Why didn't he use, like, Tang or something, dude? I mean, I don't know. Maybe Flavor-Aid was a lot cheaper. Or, like, that, what was that country's... Stuff. Oh, the country, uh, country, Ice uh, country lemonade, dude. Country they, they, time. No, yeah, country time. Their pink lemonade is amazing. He obviously didn't have a care about, um, <laughs> you no, know, honestly, he was just like, whatever's cheapest and whatever I can fucking mix most cyanide in, you know. Actually, it was, I think it was like cyanide, arsenic, it was a mixture of shit. It was like a concoction, a concoction, cock. So, Cock. by 1961, Cock. Jones has been doing this for a long time, and things were actually starting to look pretty good for JJ. He had a loyal following, a big, happy family, and he was actually starting to gain political influence. And, I mean, he, I think he was also starting to get political notoriety as well. Um, political people were starting to um, notice who he was, and, hey, maybe this might be someone that I want to get a picture taken with. Because he can, you know, further my career maybe. Makes it look like I uh, I am adapting with the times because, you know, this is a big time for civil rights and everything like that. So if I look like I'm pro or whatever, it's uh, politics is bullshit. Um, anyway, um, as with everything that uh, JJ had done, um, there was a, an ulterior motive for him. And... A price to be paid for his followers. Like I just said, like I think a couple minutes ago, um, he used everything he did for them to demand unwavering loyalty to him and to their social cause. They even began to report fellow congregants to Jim Jones and punish their members for acting selfish or materialistic. That's when you actually know you really have control of people when you can get them to snitch on people for you. You know what I mean? I'm gonna snitch on. I mean, what were they getting for snitching? I mean, were, if they were reporting fellow congregates to him, was he rewarding them in some way? I don't know. Or did he just tell them that this is what God wants you to do? And you know, a lot of people bought into his bullshit. Um. These puni- the punishments began on a small scale um, where basically the person was stood up in front of everyone and yelled at compared to the brutal and violent punishments that were to come in the later days of the church. These people got off lucky. Later punishments would include public beatings and boxing, b- boxing matches. I can't speak, people. Um, psychological torture and locking people in an isolated medical box. Metal box. Yeah, no, there was like literally like this metal box and they would lock people in it in the middle of like the heat, like the fucking hot ass jungle. And then like they would be left there for days. Dude, you know? And then like they would, he, Jim Jones would go out to the box and like stand there and talk to them and be like, you know, we only do this because we love you. 
and because we want the best for you. You know, you know who Jim Jones is? Huh? Jim Jones is Tyler Durden. How? Think about how it. is Jim Jones Tyler Think Durden? Think about Fight Club. Uh, no, is it just because the next bullet point is Granny Fight Club? No, it's it's, it's really he, he was like fucking <laughs> Tyler Durden. Think about I it. I don't know Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden had like a solid message behind his shit. Like I would join Fight Club sleep. way before I would join. What was his message? Sleep and I won't come out my box. <laughs> no, Tyler Durden's message was like. So was Tyler yeah. Durden the actual person or was Cornelius? Edward, Ed, Edward Norton's character. Yeah, or was Corn- which? What was his real name? Cornelius. No, no, it wasn't Cornelius because no, no, because remember he would make up names to join these support groups. Maybe, maybe so his real Corn- name no. was Tyler Durden. Exactly. We no, they never tell you what his name is in the entire movie. The entire movie, not once do they say what Edward Norton's character's name is. Please put that in the so comments was if he, you know what it is. Was he Tyler Durden the entire fucking time? Oh, shit. Anyway, so uh, the next bullet point, like I said, is Granny Fight Club. And I'm going to have to track down and uh, insert the sound clip that I was looking for. Because I couldn't find it before. Cool. So now I know where it's going to be. But yeah, no. So like, I was looking for the sound clip beforehand. Couldn't find it. But I'm going to put it in. Basically what it is, is uh, Jim Jones would have his followers beat each other as punishments. And there's one where like, it's this old woman and they put her in a fight against a younger, like healthy woman. And like, she just gets the shit beat out hey, of Nick. her. What? So you're going to insert the sound clip, right? Yeah. So why are you explaining to them what the sound clip is I don't know because be? like, I'm just like, because they're going to hear it anyway. Okay, fine. And when I say they, I am talking about you. Yes, you. You. Who we know we're recording. <laughs> we're recording just for you. Anyway. Please like our, 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 our newly formed <laughs> religion at dabtodeath.com. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so now, despite all of his work in social activism and racial equality, Jones didn't really have any enemies. Which you would, first. you would no, but you would think he would, and actually he never really did at all. All no, all of his enemies were manufactured by him until he killed the, 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 the congressman. Okay, well that that yes, but that he ended his own shit on the same day, so we'll get to that. He's still alive, bro. No, he's not. Anyway, so uh, like we said, like he really didn't have any enemies. But given that he liked to stir things up and cause a scene, you would really think he would. So quite the opposite actually happened, and people seemed to love Jim Jones. And this wasn't really good enough for him because, as he had learned from Father Divine, a leader is nothing if he doesn't have enemies. So... This caused Jim Jones to stage a series of fake assassination attempts. The first one was really stupid as hell, in my opinion. Jones basically walked outside of his house, fired a bullet into one of the pillars on the porch of his house, then ran back inside, claiming that he had been shot at. Like, like really, dude? Like, really? Like, no, but like people watched him do it. 
They like literally watched him go out onto the por- out in the front yard, shoot at the porch, and then run back inside and be like, "Oh my God, I've been shot at. The government is coming to get me." Uh, but I don't I don't think that's what he said. But like, basically, this gave him a story to tell at church, and this gave the People's Temple a faceless, nameless enemy, which was a big thing that Jim Jones liked to do. Is like he loved to give his people an enemy like whether it was the government or communism which is funny because later he preaches socialism and communism and wants them to move to russia but like he he always has like this big nameless enemy for them to fear and this is also when he starts to use the threat of nuclear war with russia to give them an even bigger enemy as well as a reason to leave america which would later come in handy, like a lot, like a lot. It would come in very, very handy because we all know Jim Jones could not have gotten away with this shit in the United States. Well, so on a, on a more happy note, um, <laughs> Jones already begun to scout out locations for the people's temple settlement. Slash compound. compound. Um, in another country, and this is when he actually first visits Guyana and begins considering this as Guyana. the place. What is fucking guava. Um, and begins considering this as the place for the People's Temple to call home in 1961. Yeah. So he had kind of traveled around to a few different places and was like, wait. How do you have a failed fucking two year long trip? Well, so. It's so from the way they make it sound is like, oh, he went to Brazil to try to figure out like if the people's temple could gain a foothold there. But what it really sounds like to me is that Jim Jones kind of just ran away to Brazil for two years. So after a failed two year trip for the Jones family to Brazil, Uh, basically Jim Jones returned to find that membership at his church had basically plummeted to damn near nothing that the social justice work and racial equality movement had gone, gotten along, yeah, had gotten along pretty much just fine without him. And they really didn't need him there. And that there was really not much of a place left for him in Indianapolis anymore. And this really pissed him off and left him feeling betrayed once again because he always felt betrayed by everybody in his fucking life. Hey, at least he refused to admit failure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Like, I'm sorry, but sometimes you should admit that you failed. There, No, like, that's the whole thing is, like, you learn from your failures. So if you never admit that you fail, you never learn from it. You never fail. Okay, but you you fail, but you just don't Why learn do from it. Why do you gotta be all sassy, dude? I'm, I'm, no, I'm, so I'm, just, I'm, just I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Tonight on Fight Club, <laughs> Nick and Dick go at it. I mean, if we're, so let, if no, we're starting the Fight no, Club. Hey, hey, remember, if we're starting the Fight Club, we have hey, to fight. Hey, celebrity deathmatch stuff. Oh my god, I love celebrity deathmatch. <laughs> they don't do it anymore, do hey, they? Dude, they need to bring that shit back. That shit was dope. That shit was hilarious. You know, by all these people betraying him once again, this was actually a turning point for Jim Jones, where he began to demand control of every single aspect of the churchgoers' lives, and things started to get interesting. 
Anyway, so it was after his return from Brazil and <laughs> after this ultimate betrayal that Jones hit the socialism angle hard. And he basically cut out the Bible almost entirely. So he starts to just preach socialism and all of that shit from this point forward. So as he starts to feel like his time has run out in Indianapolis, Jones uses an article from Esquire magazine, which listed different places that would be most likely to survive uh, a nuclear war. And this list included Eureka, California. Hey. So to convince his followers to move out to a small northern California town called Ukiah. Which actually, my, my sister, sister lives, lives there. there. Wait, my sister lives there. <laughs> Not your sister. That got weird. <laughs> Twinsies. Oh my uh, <laughs> god, fucking shit. So, it was after this relocation that Jim Jones had to switch up his target demographic because he went from living in a predominantly black community in Indiana to a small white conservative area in California. So he switches basically from poor black people to rich white people. Uh, most of the followers that came to him were disaffected college students um, or other prominent people who had become disillusioned with society. You know, basically those people. Yeah, basically, basically, no, basically, those people that are just like, I fucking hate, I hate society, man. Like, it's fucking, it's, it's, it's corporate, man. It's fucking, and we, we need to get back to the earth, man. He, he found the hippies. He found the white hippies, yeah, the, the hippies. rich white hippies, and he turned them into fucking cult members. And he didn't ask them to make a acid. Oh, hey, Scientology. <laughs> Making a comeback. Where's David? Or where's where's David Shelley? <laughs> where's Shelley David? Where's Shelley Jim? <laughs> I almost said where's David Shelley. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. <laughs> um, so much oh, like fuck. in Scientology, um, there is an extensive vetting and recruitment process for new members, as Jones wanted people that could benefit the church the most: doctors, educators lawyers etc he was just pretty much making sure he had enough people to build the yeah, goddamn he, community. he wanted like the smartest and the brightest however they had a lot of money too jones would also bring in people who were deemed like less than desirable by society so he would bring in criminals and drug addicts and then he would like help them get clean and like turn their lives around and after that he basically owned them and these were the ones who would later form Jones's private army. So Jones, even from the early days, like you said, was always laying the groundwork for things to escalate when he felt the need to escalate them. Laying down the dick. Yeah, he was laying down that hard pipe. <laughs> he was like, mm, let me tell you what my Jonestown's going to be like. Now, it's at this time <laughs> Jones is heavily preaching <laughs> socialism and equality. And has tied his entire following against a single enemy. The system. The system. Yeah, that it's the system, man. So he was basically rage against the machine, but with a church choir. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. Got a whole church choir behind him. Fuck you, I won't do what you tell me. But Jesus. 
He also anyway, associated sorry. the system with little, Satan, little. helping him retain some of his more religious followers. Yeah, because the system, the system became the system became like synonymous with Satan. I, I, I told you this, dude. I, I said it in previous episodes. You can control people with the fear of something. If they exactly. still fear Satan, you have well, and if you tie in Satan to the system. You have two enemies in mm-hmm. one. In one. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> the more you know. Oh. Um, but yeah, this basically was just like a sliding scale of bullshit. I don't know how to do this. Oh, yeah. I can't breathe. Wait, are they? I don't know. There's no laptop, so I can't like. Is there like a little thingy? I don't know, like a little. Where's the ear things? Oh! Oh! Okay. 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 Oh my god, we are recording. <laughs> no shit. Hello. What are you talking about? Hold on. It doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> you sound like a romantic novel. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter anymore. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you want? Oh, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> what do we do? We gotta do this quick and okay. easy. Uh, quick oh, and easy. <laughs> Yeah, I'm That's easy. what she said. That's what she said. I'm quick. I'm, I'm quick. She's easy. I'm easy and she's quick. But I don't like quick. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Reset. <laughs> you should never have to actually reset. <laughs> this is a new show of <laughs> Nick. I'm Nick. And Dick. <laughs> reset. That's dick. <laughs> and our topic is on clits. <laughs> I thought it was reset. Oh, I mean, I mean, if you don't know how to find a clit, you obviously have to reset, right? Well, how do you find a fucking clit? Hello, you're a fucking female. How do you not find a clit? I don't know. It's not. It's not that easy for me. You never masturbated. <sighs> What? Vibrator? Yes. So where do you vibrate Recently. to get yourself off? Recently. Nuh-uh. Don't tell my... my don't tell Dick. What? How Mm-mm. do you... Okay. I'm intrigued now because, like, I'm 32 years old and a bitch. I watch porn probably once a month. Not even once a month. Once a week. At least. At least once a week. So how do you... How do you not... How do you... I'm intrigued. Well, 
previously in my earlier years being young because i'm fucking old now shut up no you're not yeah, yeah i'm old bitch listen to your voice <laughs> <laughs> yeah my voice may sound young people yes <laughs> Ooh. but it's not that young yes mommy <laughs> uh, that's what i'm telling you later on <laughs> Wait till Nick fucking edits this. Uh, wait till you cannot tell him about this. He's gonna edit it. He's gonna yeah, and he can't say shit. Let he's gonna post it. He's gonna post it regardless. Him, well, he's gonna have to fucking uh, do some cuss out of this motherfucker. <laughs> no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. We're not sitting here talking about politics or anything. We're talking about clits, orgasms, clits, orgasms. for females. For yes, for yes, females. Yes. yes. But I've never been that type to experiment. Wow. I don't understand I that. I felt literally so don't embarrassed. And then when I've tried, I was like, I got inside my brain. Really? In my mind. Yes. There's so many like podcasts, not just like, there's not just like porn, but there's like actual informative podcasts about like being a female and embracing your female. Like I've heard. But for me, like, trying to do that, I've tried it multiple times throughout my years. But I got into my head, overthought about it, and then I fucking, like, freaked out. And Get I drunk and do it. I couldn't do that shit. Get drunk and do it. But until recently. <laughs> <laughs> she pulls the mic closer. <laughs> until recently. <laughs> Shh. Don't tell my husband. Shh, please. Don't tell Dick. No. Don't, Don't tell Dick. 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 <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about I each other. You were saying Nick, and I'm saying Dick. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Well, <laughs> yeah. This is a comparison, I guess. Like, kind of goes. I mean, like our mindsets. Like, boop. <laughs> but no, seriously. I I I don't know. I. I come from, like, an overly sexualized position, so it's, like, I don't understand how you can't, like, oh, my God, I think they're coming. Oh, shit. Anywho. <laughs> um, no, it's, no, seriously, um, I just I did don't... not have that, you know, and I've tried, and I'm, like, Ugh, I can't. Do but this. Like, if but you're, hold on, if you're like, oh my god, like Mac a, Dre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mac Dre. You're not gonna work Five. for me. No, the no pussy, pussy doesn't work for her. Okay, <laughs> I've, I've there, tried. I've tried. tried. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> reset, reset. Let's reset that button. <laughs> the thing is, you. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, shit. Oh shit! We got caught. Anywho, <laughs> we got okay. caught. Goodbye. Okay, we're done. We're done. We're done. We're no, done. we're not done. No. no, we're talking about our topic. I'm clit. We're Go- <laughs> goodbye. Clits? Yes, reset. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> oh my god! That is literally what we said before you walked in. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Voice now. 
Okay, okay, okay. For the female orgasm, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which only happens during sexual intercourse. False, false. She does not know what she's talking about. I do know what I'm no. talking about. Yes. No, you can or, do it yourself. Yes. DIY that shit. What? <laughs> 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 okay, we got caught, so we're leaving. R.I.P. the pussy. A. So we don't have to delete that shit. I, I, I can't wait to listen to that, honestly. <laughs> Fucking photobomb the shit out of us. Fuck her right in the pussy. Let's get right let's get back into this. Despite Jones's best efforts, the People's Temple struggled along for the next three years. I thought it said 13. After the assassination of MLK Jr. Martin Dr. Martin Luther King! Exactly. After the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr., however, Jones saw an opportunity to get some recognition for the church. Fuck right in the pussy. Kind of. So Jones heard about <laughs> Jones heard about a memorial <laughs> service being held by one of San Francisco's largest black churches. And bust almost his entire congregation, who was now largely white, to the memorial. So this, these busloads of white people come up to this memorial. And, but this proved to be a great move on his part because it got the people to come out in the compound. Uh, it got people to come out to the compound in, in Ukiah and see what the People's Temple was all about. Because basically, like he went out there and was like, yeah, we're we're so sad about the death of Martin Luther King Jr. Jr. and uh, Boulevard. But if you come out here to our, our compound in Ukiah, you can find that we 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 preach the 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 good word of the the King, the Martin Luther King. And that's basically what he told people. And so, like, they went out there to check out what the People's Temple was all about. <laughs> Well, I mean, I guess that was a fail. That was a fail on their part. Yeah, no, no. Actually, it was a it was a hugely successful move on their part. No, because they no, ended up dying. No, well, yes, yes, but it was a fail on the people that went there's part. But it was a, a successful move on Jim Jones's part. So to help accomplish this, you've never been this, to one of our revivals, sir. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so to help accomplish this this transition, Jones actually switched back to religion because remember he had cut out the Bible and was basically only preaching socialism to his followers. But then uh, it got to the point where he realized that he had to bring religion back into it. So he brought back the the healings and the psychic readings, as well as the notion of a church with tangible results, you know, helping people get jobs, pay bills, all that good shit. So like he was doing good shit, but it was all for an ulterior evil motive. Anal sex. <laughs> Actually, he did say he would fuck some dudes in the ass. Yeah, he was like, if you want me to fuck you, I will. Yeah, he did, actually. Yeah, he put his hand on the dude's shoulder and was like, God said, if you want me to fuck you, I can do it. God told me Just, I need... He said, he said it's okay. He, he normally is not for the gay sex. But I am God. So, and so like, I'm just gonna I'm just going to put my holy seed in your rectum. <laughs> so this helped <laughs> the church's numbers go from 86 people at their lowest point. 
1966 to 500 yeah, like it, so in by the end of the 60s to almost yeah. 3,000 by 1976. Yeah, so in 1966, the church had dwindled down to 86 people. Remember, this was this was a church that was on the rise, gaining notoriety, and then like he went to Brazil and shit fell apart. And like when he came back, there was nobody there. So now there's 86 fucking people in 1966. By the nine, by the end of the 60s, it's 500, and then by 1973, it's 3,000 people. So the People's Temple was once again. It's, on the rise. It's not the people's temple. It's the followers of Christ of the people's temple. No, it's the people's temple of the followers of Christ or, or the descendants the, of whatever, whatever church. Whatever that shit was. But it just became the people's temple at the end. Like and, it was. That's that's all it was. And, that's and this is about the time that Jim Jones started in putting vision. antifreeze in the in the Kool Aid. <laughs> <laughs> Flavor aid. Sorry. Sorry. Oh, no, Flavor aid. Tang. Tang. So good it'll drop dead. Don't dr- and no, but then think about it. Instead of don't drink the Kool Aid, the, the catchphrase would be don't drink the tang. <laughs> don't drink the tang. But so, last we heard from the People's Temple. Jim Jones and the bulk of the People's Temple were living at their compound in Ukiah and had just used the death of Martin Luther King Jr. as a publicity stunt by attending a funeral service held for him in San Francisco. And anal sex. That too. (laughs) (laughs) It's the anal sex episode. Oops, wrong hole. Oh no! Ow, my eye! Oh no, this shit looks terrible, dude. Uh, anyway, so this, uh, like we had talked about the like the whole you know him using the Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, death thing, it honestly turned out to be a major turning point for the church. Which, up until this point, was essentially on life support, as we had mentioned. You know, they were down to eighty-six fucking members, or sixty-eight, something like that. So attendance began to pick up again, and they would even bus church members all the way from San Francisco to their Redwood Valley compound, which included Jones's home, a swimming pool, childcare, and old folks' homes, the temple's meeting place, and a ranch. This was a large piece of property, like a large piece of property. The, the People's Temple kind of came up. He was taking notes from Charlie Manson. I mean, Charlie Manson wishes he had had this kind of a ranch. Like, if if Charlie Manson had had this much to follow through on his promises to his followers, he might not have had to kill nobody. Uh, but yeah, so they would bust these people out for weekend meetings. Remember, these these are not meetings; they're referred to as sermons or services. Well, no, no, normally they would be sermons or services, but with Jones, they were meetings, and some of these meetings would be like. Four to five hours long. And these people weren't allowed to, like, go to the bathroom. They weren't allowed to fucking do anything. Like, they just had to sit there and listen to him talk. Which sucks, because he was standing in a he was standing behind a pulpit with a bucket. So he could piss in the bucket while he's giving his, his meeting or his sermon or whatever. Or have a girl underneath the thing giving him a blowjob. I mean, that, too. That too. We 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 never know. Jim Jones might have been getting a little from a guy. 
God told me I have to give you my seed in your mouth. <laughs> he really just wanted to fucking fuck people. That's all it really was. Jim Jones just wanted to get his dick wet. That's what uh, most cult leaders just want to get their dick wet. Anyway. Anyways. So within a year, the church continued to expand and Jones took to the road with his convoy of buses and he would tour from city to city and he would gain followers as he did so. Kind of like L. Ron Hubbard taking his boat out. Well, and like some of these followers, like they would like, they would go to go these, on to be no, Scientologists so, no, themselves. So they, they would go to these, <laughs> they would go to these like these revivals, these road revivals. Right. And they'd be like, yeah, this is a lot of fun. Oh, you guys! You guys are singing and dancing and partying. Oh, oh, we're getting on a bus now. Okay, cool. We're singing, we're dancing, we're partying on a bus. And wait, where, where are we going? What? You, you, Ukiah? Oh, 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 oh! I live, I live in Ukiah now. Uh, oh, can, can can I? I can't. Oh, I can't go home. Oh, okay. Um. So what? What do I do about my house? My house? I I should just sign it. I should sign it over to you. Why don't you uh, just sign over everything you have? Oh, oh, okay, cool. I'll just sign over everything I have because this is such a fun party time. Oh, I'm, you wanna sta- have- I'm starting to regret my decision. It was in the <laughs> early 1970s that the People's Temple really began to grow and expand, like my dick, in earnest <laughs> and gain rec- <laughs> gain recognition. Yet not all the recognition was good. Well, yeah, because anytime you start to gain spotlight, they start digging. Scientology. Um, once people re- Shelley, David. really began looking into the People's Temple, and more specifically looking into Jim Jones, the more they began to uncover that started to raise some serious questions about what was going on there. And this is probably about the time where Jones was thinking to himself, you know what, maybe, maybe... Maybe the United States might not be the place for me well, anymore. And, and remember, and they were already looking for no, property. exactly. He had already been thinking that, but now he's really thinking it. Like he's he's this is Plan A. Plan A is getting the fuck out of the country because everybody in this country is starting to look at him and go, "You're kind of full of shit, aren't you?" Because if John Jacobs over there is looking into you, think about yeah, the FBI. If John Jacob Jingleheimer Schmidt. Is over here like, hmm. Now, now, like what I was talking about just a second ago, a series of articles in the San Francisco Examiner came out that profiled the church and painted Jones as a false messiah and a liar, mm-hmm. stating that he claimed to bring 43 people back from the dead. Which, come on, not even Jesus, quote unquote, brought that many people back from the dead. He brought one. <laughs> One. These articles also began to question the authority structure of the church for the first time and began to draw the interest of other newspapers and media outlets to the People's Temple. Just not in the way that Jim, jo- Jim Jones, um, not the way that Jim Jones had hoped or wanted. Yeah, no, he really wanted them to like paint him as like this messiah and the People's Temple is like this ultimate church. And instead, he was getting a lot of bad but, publicity. But this actually worked out in his favor because this gave Jones and his followers yet another enemy. The media. The media. Um, things only got worse from there when, in 1973, Jones was met with his first real enemy from within the church. The Gang of Eight. So the Gang of Eight were actually the children of some of the most prominent members of the church. 
and the People's Temple had even paid for these kids to go to college. So these kids went out to go to college, and this actually turned out to be a, a devastating mistake because as the kids like started to learn more about the outside world and about like the way things actually work, they started to realize that things that were going on within the church were not um, what they seemed to be and that the shit was pretty fucked up. So they decided to defect. So with the deflection of the Gang of Eight... Deflection? What did they deflect? The, the sperm coming the, out of Jim okay, with, dick? With the defection <laughs> of the Gang of Eight came seemingly endless stories of financial corruption, tax evasion, brainwashing, and mind control tactics, all of which being per- perpetrated by Jim Jones himself. So basically, these kids left the church and were like, hey. But was it really tax evasion, this though? This is what's going on. Because the church is a non-taxable entity. Well, they they did have tax-exempt status through the church that they were a subdivision of. But it doesn't mean that they don't have to pay any taxes. <laughs> I don't know. Like the, I'm just saying, this, these are the stories that came out. You know? And uh, so, all of this pressure that was being brought on by this defection, as well as the bad publicity the church was receiving, drove Jim Jones to begin to consider mass suicide as a way out for him and his people. Do you think he bought the flavor aid at that point? Uh, yeah, this is when he started to invest in flavor aid because he would run uh, test. Dude, imagine how much money he ha- he would have if he would have just invested in Tang. <laughs> <laughs> played the stock played the stock market he's like invest in tang bitcoin you, no no invest in kool-aid use flavor aid to kill ourselves drive the stock of kool-aid up dude and then get rich off of it dude. maybe jim jones is still alive he's rich off of kool-aid well, stock. some people think uh think uh tupac no um kennedy Wait, JFK? John Kennedy Jr. JFK? Some they, people, they really think JFK still alive? Yeah. He's Bro, the he, one that, he got his brain splattered no, on Junior. TV. Oh, Junior. He's the one that crashed his junior? plane into the ocean. Uh, dude, the Kennedy family has just been fucked. They, they've been, yeah, they had they've some, been fucked from day one. Of, one of them died fucking skiing, hit a tree. Yeah, no, like, their their entire family is just cursed. Um. Anyways, you know, <laughs> talking, I mean, you just brought me back to the 70s. Um. Yeah. Hey, back to the seventies, man. Let's do it. Around Let's do this, some acid. Around this time, I have, ac- I have acid. Let's do some acid. Not tonight. No, no, not tonight. But let's do some acid. I'm down. Yeah. Um. It was also <laughs> around this time that Jim Jones really began to look into moving the congregation to another country, and in the summer of 1973, he settled on the country of Guyana. So, if you ask me, he got way too lucky here, and had the Guyanese government not given Jones what he was after so easily, he would have had to ask if, or we would have to ask if this whole situation would have ended the way it did, because what happened is, the basically, Jones chose Guyana, or Guyana, because uh, they had just literally become uh, liberated from the British, uh, the British government. Or from Great Britain, which, good for Guyana, 
But this also meant that they were uh, basically in a lot of border wars with a lot of other countries because they didn't have the protection of the British government. So this led to a really big dispute with Venezuela. And so, like, basically, the, the <laughs> if you look at if you look at where Jonestown is, there's the Venezuela Guyana border, right? And then just like maybe 20, 30 miles south of that border is Guyana, like, or is Jonestown. So basically, Guyana was like, we're gonna take these white people and put them in between us and them. Because if Venezuela attacks, they're going to have to go through them first. And if Venezuela attacks them, then the United States is going to have to get involved because these are United States citizens. So Guyana was basically looking at this as like a a political protective move. Yeah, they were basically like, oh, shit, this is a fucking major score for us. Like, we're about to gain protection because like we got all these fucking like American citizens on our border. But what really happened is like it came back to bite them in the ass because we all really knew what happened. But so maybe maybe the Venezuelans came in and made them drink the flavor aid. <laughs> no, it was Jim Jones. Um, but so as we said, what what better buffer to stop a possible invasion? than American citizens. So this led to the Guyanese government selling Jim Jones 27,000 acres of land, which, like I mentioned, was conveniently located on the Venezuelan border. Or the camel's asshole. Yes, the camel's asshole. Wait, they don't have camels in South America? the fuck? Anyway, the first group of people's temple settlers... The first group of People's Temple settlers arrived in Guyana in March of 1974. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I know I fucked that up. No, 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 no. That was uh, because they, 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 they went there. It's a sad... Oh, I see. You fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they began the massive job of clearing out the dense and dangerous jungles. A.K.A. And bring- Jim Jones's well, pubic no, hair. So, so basically, like I said, this was basically dense forest land on the, the, the border of Venezuela and Guyana. So this was not like, oh, this is already tamed farmlands and like shit like that. No, this was fucking wooded areas they had to chop trees down they had to fucking clear land they had to fucking build their own fort or like housing and like settle or shelters and like this was not an easy task at all like at all i mean within the first year there were only 50 of them yeah exactly yeah there was only 50 of these early settlers and the land was way too overgrown and way too dangerous to accommodate any more than that honestly So, by 1977, Jonestown was becoming an established community, but was nowhere near ready to support a large population. However, growing problems in the United States were driving Jones closer and closer to taking his congregation and fleeing to the budding settlement. Legal issues. Oh, yeah, a lot Fucking of Fucking ex-wife started hitting him up for money. No, just the newspapers started digging and asking questions and being like, hey, so I noticed that um, you're kind of a cult leader. And he's like, and Jesus said I no, should No, I am not. Uh, 
but I'm gonna I'm gonna take my people and run to Guyana. And I will strike down upon thee with great, great vengeance, vengeance and, and mighty fear. What, what furious. It? Furious anger. Oh my god. I used to know that line so much. Those who attempt. No, like no, so me and my friends in high school, like we used to recite that word for word. And now I'm so mad. See, that was one of Jim Jones. Now I'm so mad that I can't. Um, so perhaps one of the final straws for Jim Jones was the New West magazine um, was set to launch a several-piece expose on the church. Which did not paint him in a good picture. Claiming that all. members were being beaten, financial abuse was rampant, and that Jim Jones himself was nothing more than a con man and a liar. Which, I mean, which technically he was. is true. Yeah, he was. By the first time, by, 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 yeah, by the time the first article hit, the newsstands, Jones and almost 1,000 of his followers had fled to South America. Yeah, about 900 and something to be specific. But, um, now, this, remember, Jonestown wasn't that big at this time. No, this, it, it was not meant to have that many people yet. This sudden increase in the population of Jonestown put serious strain on the facilities there as they were not prepared to house and feed that many people. However, the church members were more than happy to pitch in and help further develop Jonestown because for them, this was utopia. This was the promised land for Jones. It was his escape plan and his kingdom where he was both God and king. Yeah, this, Fucker this, right in the pussy. This, no, this, this was their mecca. This this was their this was their ultimate like ultimate end all be all Moses like, here go, like here Jones was not only God he was king he was the emperor he was he was the end all be all he he basically was like whatever my fucking word is is ultimate fucking law here. Now life inside Jonestown, um, life inside Jonestown was by no means an easy one. The days were filled with, with hard labor. Like I said, it was it was a fucking dense jungle. Like, y'all had to clear some shit out. And nights were often filled with meetings that would sometimes last four hours or more. Despite this, the people of Jonestown were mostly happy at the beginning and felt that the work they were doing was rewarding and liberating. And I mean, it was, in, in a way it was because they were building their own fucking houses. Yeah, like, <laughs> no, if, if you think about it, these people, a lot of these people came from, like, okay, so think about his following at this point is a lot of his old school following from Indianapolis, like, which is like poor black people. And then the rest of his following was like these disenfranchised, like rich white people that were like, oh, you know, like whatever. But like the people that he took to Guyana or Guyana, the most most of those people were the the lower income, the the like the super like down and out. Like for them, Jonestown was like paradise. But over it really, no, it really was because like they 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 built their own homes. Like you said, it was hard work, but they were earning their shit. They were like, this is ours. This is we built this. This is ours. You know, um, now like like <laughs> like I was saying at the beginning, most of them were mostly happy, um, but over time things began to go downhill, especially as Jones sank deeper and deeper into a cycle of methamphetamines and opioid abuse, and his already present sense of paranoia began to amplify. Yeah, because he, like I said, he already thought people were out to get him, even though they weren't. 
Because uh, as mean, as documented by his fake suicide attempt or his assassination attempt. I mean, attempt. They, they, they say, you know, that... Um, uh, that he was doing amphetamines, but I think he was doing methamphetamines because no, it was it was all prescriptions. Like you can he prescription no, no. meth. Well, amphetamines, yes. Which methamphetamines is methamphetamine is just an amphetamine, but with methyl whatever diol whatever. Anyway, anyway, we're not getting into the science um, of that. Dr. Heisenberg can tell you guys about this later. Yeah, um, he can give you the good shit, the blue shit, that 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 breaking bad shit. No, mm, shit. Now, with the decrease in Jones's mental state, came an increase in the things that most normal people would consider atrocities, but that his brainwashed followers began to see as normal. This including things like public beatings, punishments. Locking people in a metal isolation which, box, which for we a had long mentioned. You know, they they had the isolation box, but like as his uh, as Jones's mental state decayed, the the rampant beatings and public beatings and uh, tortures and punishments. Oh no! And then like if you listen to some of these recordings, which uh, I I meant to have uh, one for us of the Granny Fight Club, which I will include. But uh, if you listen to some of the yeah, yeah, thank you. Now you know where it's at. Yeah. Well, no, no but it, there, no, there was the last one where you did the. Anyway. Uh, but, you know, so, um, like, so, so, as, as, like, I mentioned, you know, there was a lot of shit going on where, like, Jones had kind of established this, like, uh, totalitarian regime. And where, like. Totalitarianism? He, yeah. Totalitarian regime. That's what I said. Anyway. Totally. And it, <laughs> totally, <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So like, he had basically like been laying the groundwork for this, and like, it, he got people to turn against each other in such a fucked up way. Like, there's audio recordings of uh, this, like him putting a snake on a woman who's like terrified of snakes, and like she's screaming and crying, and the rest of the people are laughing at What's her. The snake was they're, really no, his they're penis. they're laughing at her. Like that's that's how like that's how much control Jones ended up having over these people is that he had it to where he could torment and punish people in front of them and they would laugh about it. Um, back in California, um, however, people had not forgotten about Jim Jones and the People's Temple, fucking Karens. In fact, a group of <laughs> former members and concerned relatives. <laughs> Have begun, be, yeah, begun a concentrated attack on Jones and the church. A long, drawn-out custody battle between Jones and Grace and Tim Stone. Which, Tim Stone uh, was actually a former member of the People's Temple. They kept that kid. No, Tim Stone was actually one of the, the most influential members because he was an attorney. He was a powerful attorney before he joined the People's Temple. And so Tim Stone was like Jim Jones's right-hand man for a while. And then Tim Stone left the church. And then Tim and Grace Stone uh, filed a custody battle for their child who had, they had left with Jim Jones. As well as several other lawsuits for the custody of the children left. In yeah, Jonestown exactly. There, were, there was remember. a lot of children left there. 
Because fuck, dude, that sounds well, like a great place to go if you want to well, get rid of your kid. <laughs> Fucking go drop like, him wait, off. Real so quick. I, I can just, I just, I can just fly out to Guyana. It's a safe place, and I can drop my busload of kids off here. And you're telling me I can just go home and leave them? Hey, asshole, get in the van. We going to Guyana. <laughs> anyway, uh, so but like, like I said, you know, this was a this was a big problem though because like this lawsuit. As well as like we mentioned, the other lawsuits with the, for the children in Jonestown, uh, it further contributed to like all of the problems that were facing Jones. Yeah, so uh, the the Grace and Tim Stone thing with like the the whole custody ballot battle over uh, their child, who remember Jim Jones stole the wives of a lot of his members, so he like basically impregnated Grace Stone. And so, like, he was keeping the child in their encampment. And I think it was even, like, this child was basically being treated like the new Jim Jones. Like, he was, like, the second Jesus Christ almost, you know? And so, like, this kid was being treated like a a new messiah, but, like, his parents just wanted him back. And that's what started, like, this whole, like... Well, Jim Jones was his parent. Well, yeah, but, like, Grace and Tim Stone were... No, Greystone was, not Tim Stone. Uh, yeah, okay, technicality. <laughs> um, but yeah, back in California, however, people had not forgotten how, about... How, 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 did you, how did you jump back? What? How did you jump back? We did. We, we, already we did were talking one. about Tim Stone oh, and yeah, the no. children left in yeah. Jonestown. Okay, yeah, sorry. Uh, so yeah, so other defectors told stories of human rights violations committed by Jones including claims of mass suicide rehearsals, which we had mentioned before where he would like gather his followers and be like, Hey, we're going to drink this toast. And then like, after they drank it, he'd be like, yeah, you all just drank poison. And they'd be like, Oh my God. And some of them would freak out. And some of them would be like, this is okay. This is what Jim Jones wanted. And the ones that were like, this is what Jim Jones wanted. Those were the ones that he was like, you, my people. You, you, my, you, my real, just, my was, real close people. He was just making it so it seemed normal. Well, yeah, and that, and that he was gauging people's reactions and he was kind of like training them to get used to the idea of committing suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and then, um, you know, there was also stories that Jonestown kind of resembled a concentration camp with armed guards constantly patrolling. And the residents continually subjected to brainwashing, forced labor, and sleep deprivation. But how do you... Um, what is the main way to fucking brainwash someone? You deprive them of sleep. Oh, yeah, no. Because if if you get people to not sleep for days on end, they are sheep. You can get them to do whatever you want, whenever you want them to do it. Blowjob now. Jim Jones. David Koresh. David Miscavige. I mean, where's Charles Shirley? Manson? Yeah, Charles Manson. He just wanted to ride dune buggies in the desert and get blowjobs. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, Helter Skelter got involved. And Richard Ramirez came. <laughs> that was a whole different thing. Same city, different time. Well, they both had the fucking uh, Charles Manson had the devil on his hand. And, oh, he and, had and the Richard- devil on his hand. 
on his head, and Richard Ramirez had the devil on his head. Uh, actually, Charles Manson had a swastika on his oh, head. It's like the devil on his head, dude. Nah, nah, it's a what swastika. Was it, so was it peace? It, it's a swastika. Uh, anyway, so eventually, was, uh, eventually, enough pressure was put on Congress to intervene, and an, uh, yeah. and an official investigation into Jonestown was opened and taken up by... Congressman Leo Ryan. Ryan for president. Uh, he was a representative of San Mateo District was. of Northern California. Yeah, he was. I thought he is. No, he did. Oh, shit. Oh, wait, he, I mean, he's dead now, but he wasn't dead then. But he was a representative of the San Mateo District of Northern California. Uh, Ryan, along with a group of representatives from... The Concerned Relatives, who we talked about previously. That looks like an official company right there. It really does. It sounds like mm-hmm. it sounds like an LLC. Mm-hmm. Concerned Relatives Incorporated. LLC. <laughs> you know, there's like, we are the Concerned Relatives. Are you not sure where your newspaper goes in the mornings? Concerned Relatives. Have your sprinklers been malfunctioning? Jim Jones will fix them. Has for your you. newspaper boy not been delivering your newspaper? Jim Jones will heal. Concernedrelatives.com. Jim Jones. <laughs> Into the future. <laughs> uh, so, Ryan, along with a group of representatives from the Concerned Relatives, flew out to Guyana on November 15th, 1978. Less than three days later, actually officially three days later, exactly three days later, on November 18th, Congressman Ryan, along with over 900 others, including Jones, dead, were dead. Uh, I mean, if that's, that's, that's if you want to believe that Jim Jones killed himself. Oh, I mean, get shot I, in the face. Well, so uh, I think the official story was that uh, there were most of the followers had died from the the flavorade cyanide poison mixture. A small number of people got and, shot. And and yes, there was a small number of people. I think it was like twenty people that had been shot in the head instead of dying from poison. And one of those people was Jim Jones. If you believe that story. Yeah, exactly. If you believe that Jim Jones is still he, he, alive. He's alive with JJJ. He might be. I mean, JKJ. JKJ and uh, Tupac. And uh, they, they all are just chilling in a bunker somewhere. Now, what led to this mass suicide? Well, during the visit of this congressman, yeah. Mr. Ryan, Congressman Ryan, mm-hmm. um, there was a pretty sizable group of people within Jonestown that wanted to leave. Yeah. And so Ryan began to arrange for anyone who wanted to leave Jonestown to be safely escorted back to the United States. And like we had talked about earlier, this was a real big betrayal for Jim Jones. Yeah. No, and, 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 and he, it was he a, fucking, he took it super personally. But it was also, I believe, a failure for him. Oh, no, and that, I think that's why it was such a betrayal is because he just couldn't admit his failure. He could not admit that he had failed. He had failed in Guyana. He had failed in everything he had ever tried to do. 
Like everything he had ever tried to do was a failure, but he could never admit that because he was destined to be a great man. He would have been a great man if he would have had more time in the United I mean, States before he had. No, if you think IR. about it, he would have been a great man if he had continued to do what he was doing. Methamphetamine. No, no, no. Before no, because he didn't start really getting heavy into the the prescription pills and all that shit until they were in Guyana, and shit was going downhill. Up until that point, if he if he had continued to be like, all right, social justice, equality, fucking helping people out, fucking like, let's go and end segregation. Let's do this. Let's do that. If he kept on that path, Jim Jones would have been a great man. Instead, what he did was he corrupted an entire fucking religious belief into his own personal benefit. And then he took that and he killed those people. That sounds legit. Yeah. Seems seems logical, right? But so But speaking of the betrayal, I mean the amphetamines had added a lot to it too. Oh, I mean, it really paranoia, did. Paranoia. Yeah, no. Sleep it, deprivation. Um Yeah, no. Bouts it, of rage, kind yeah, of like and, steroids. And if you add all of that into the mix, there was no way that anybody was leaving Jonestown. And you alive. know he was mad as fuck because with the amount of amphetamines they were pumping him up with every day, he didn't have a sex schedule no more. <laughs> little Mr. Dick didn't want to work because he was all fucking tweaked the fuck out. Yeah, no, and th- at that point it was all white nights and fucking you know the end times. But no, so so what ended up happening on the day of the massacre, right? So Leo Stone, I mean Tim well, Stone, no, no, so so shot the motherfuckers in the face. No, no, so Congressman Ryan, right? He was visiting Jonestown, and Jim Jones had prepared these people for this visit. He was like, if they ask you any questions, here's what you tell them. If they ask you this, here's Most what you say. Most of them told the story. No, and exactly, no, exactly. That's what happened is everybody, like, they rehearsed the scripts. They played the scripts. It happened just the way it was supposed to happen. Except one person. Uh, there was a man. I forget his name. I, I had Jack it. Jack no, 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 no. I had it in one of my notes. But uh, So there was a man that basically him and another woman wanted out of Jonestown. And so he wrote a note and he passed it to a person who he thought was Congressman Ryan, but it turned out to just be one of the reporters that was with Congressman Ryan. So he hands him this note and as he's handing him the note, it drops on the ground and this little kid sees it and he starts screaming. He's passing a note. He's passing a note. Cause remember Jones had trained everybody in his, his, following to snitch on each other like if they were not portraying the 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 ideals of their jonestownian society they snitched on them so this little kid starts screaming oh he's passing a note he's passing a note and so jones kind of like notices that but doesn't really say anything you know and that's when so eventually this note finds its way to congressman ryan and he realizes that there's people that want to get the fuck out of Jonestown. So that's when he like arranges for everybody to get out of there. And then that's when shit really starts to go bad because the day that they're, they're set to leave Congressman Ryan decides to stay back while everybody else is loaded onto a trailer and driven to the airport. Right. Huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just playing with the cat. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, so so uh, Congressman Ryan was about to stay until, as he's talking to Jim Jones, one of Jones's followers comes up and grabs Leo Ryan by the throat with a knife, like with, holding a knife to his throat, basically, and he's about to kill him. And then so Jones's security steps in and saves Congressman Ryan. And so Congressman Ryan is like, I don't know if I should believe that Jones is wanting to save me or not, but I'm getting the fuck out of here. So he jumps on the trailer too. Little did they know that Jim Jones had sent one of his loyal followers who happened to be the brother of one of his wives or ex-husband of one of his wives, whatever, whatever the situation was. Fucked her right in the pussy. Yeah. Did that. He did that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So, no, but he sends sends this guy as an undercover agent. You know, basically, he's like, tell him you want to leave. And then just insist you want to get on the plane. And what his goal was is when you get on the plane, I want you to shoot Congressman Ryan. I want you to shoot the pilot while you're in the air. Like, wait until you take off. And then shoot the congressman, shoot the pilot, kill everybody. Motherfucker jumped the gun. Well, no. So here's what happened. The the man who he had planted ended up on a different plane than Congressman Ryan. Did How? he still shoot the pilot? Well, he did. But here's what happens. So as he's getting onto the plane, a tractor pulling like several carts behind it comes Backfired. up to you know it comes up to the airstrip. And there's several men on board with rifles from Jonestown. So Jim Jones had already sent a backup coalition to take these people out. So as these people are standing at the airplanes, like about to load, like, oh, hey, what are they doing? They open fire. Next thing you know, it's a fucking onslaught. Congressman Ryan is shot. Several of the reporters are shot. Several of the defectors are shot. It's a fucking onslaught. Meanwhile, there's Guyanese soldiers just standing on the sidelines watching all of this happen because they don't want to get involved. Exactly. They don't want to get involved because these are American citizens killing each other. So why the fuck should they get involved? Why the fuck should they bring the wrath of the American government upon them? But after the gunfire dies down, there's a couple survivors from the defectors. The, the, the man who initially was sent to kill Congressman Ryan and the pilot, he did actually shoot one of the defectors and the pilot, but he was taken down and taken into custody. I believe he was one of the ones charged with actually charges in this case because there were very few people actually charged with anything in this case. I think it was like six or seven people charged with anything in this entire situation. Like, it's fucked up. Yeah, I know it is. Um, so, like I said, it, the the day of was it was a huge clusterfuck. It, in the aftermath, when the dust settled... Uh, 903 people were dead. 909, actually, oh, I found out. It was 909 people dead. In one day, all based on the lunatic ravings of a madman who really just wanted people to like him. Like, it's, it's, it's kind of fucked up when you think about, like, some of these, 
some of these cult leaders that are just like, I'm <laughs> a bat. Fuck. We're fucking her right this, in the this, pussy this all this couch, fucking. This couch is not comfortable to sit on for hours on end, I will tell you. Um, but yeah, so that was basically the, the end of the Jonestown saga. That was the end of Jim Jones. Whether you believe he got shot in the head or not, I think he did. Because what else would he be doing right now? What if he's... What if he's Joel Olstein? <laughs> uh, but no, so like, yeah, Jonestown was a fucked up situation. Um, and I, I just, I honestly, I feel like with these kinds of situations with these cult leaders, stop looking for easy answers, people. Like, that's what it really comes down to is like, there's no fucking easy answers for anything. Like, you can't be like, oh, I want to, I want an explanation for all of life and humanity and survival and our, our destination in the universe. There is no fucking answer for that. Just, just fucking live your life. Don't fucking follow some fucking sunglass wearing amphetamine snorting fucking. And God said, let there be lights. Exactly. Don't, and he don't, saw. Exactly. Don't, don't. Listen the sign. Don't, don't. So what was the so what was the final doing in of Jonestown? I think the the we could wrap this up so we can start bullshitting. I I think I think the final doing in of Jonestown was really. I mean Jim Jones himself, essentially, but what really motherfucking snitches, dude? No, what really? I think fucking Karens. No, like I said, if he had continued on with just doing the social activism and like doing good for his neighborhood and shit like that. It would have been fine. The second he tried to bring, um, politics or end times or any kind of enemies and like sex, drugs and rock and roll. Well, and, and that's because like you said, I think it really does go down to him just being plotting from day one. Like even as a kid, like he was a twisted kid. He had and, to have and, an end game plan. No, and exactly, he he really he always was seeking this. He wasn't dumb. He was no, he wasn't. He was by no means a stupid kid. He and was you know, super by, intelligent. By, by him, by him, pretty much being the one that orchestrated. Because I wouldn't call him a serial killer. The no, one that orchestrated. No. That orchestrated. He's a mass. mass he's this, a mass murderer. No, no mass suicide. Uh, and like I, like I said, I have to debate the whole suicide not, thing we're, because we're not we're not getting into that though. But uh, okay, because what we were, what I was actually <laughs> going to talk about was uh, fucking I don't even remember because I lost it. I was going on a fucking very sizable rant, and you just screwed it up. Mass murder. Oh no, he he was the one that orchestrated this whole mass suicide. But by by doing that. He sets his name in the history books forever. So nobody will ever have a question of who is Jim Jones. So it almost begs the the question. He was a great man. Not, 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 no, not in the sense of he did great things. Well, he did do some good for some people. No, he did some good. At the beginning of his career. 
Why am I talking away from the mic? At the beginning of his career, he did a lot. He did good. For, I wouldn't say a lot, but he did good for a lot of people. Exactly. So, but by by paying their rent. But I'm what I'm talking about with like the whole great man. You need thing groceries. Is, just let me see that hand, and it'll make you the money you need <laughs> to get them groceries. You just rub the staff. And rub it makes, the staff of the Christ. Of it the makes Lord. dreams come true. Uh, no, but you will be able to see when you have my seed in your mouth, and <laughs> Jesus will come down and show. <laughs> oh no, no, no! But what? What? I didn't mean like he's a great man in his actions. But what I mean by like his his living up to his great man thing that his mother always told him is like, oh, you're destined to be a great man. He is known for all time. Like if you think about it, Jim. He married the first African American no, woman, and no, no, he adopted the first oh. African American child by a white couple in Indiana. But no, his name is going to go down in history it's forever. In history. It is. It is in history. It's it going happened like thirty, no, forty, fifty years but that, ago. No, but that's what I'm saying. Is like Jim Jones will forever be known. Like he literally, he lived up to his potential as a great man by being known forever. And that's it. Because other than that, he was a terrible man. Mm-hmm. He was a terrible man that did terrible things in the name of Christ Almighty. Which is what a lot of people do. So, Jim Jones, he kept him jonesing for more. And in the end, that jonesing cost them their lives like most addictions you can overdose on that shit you can overdose on jim jones you can overdose on religion oh god anyway uh so there is a sound clip i had intended on inserting here which is jim jones's death tapes um we we're gonna play about a minute and 30 the death tapes I don't know. Is it? It's a little loud. Maybe not. Nope, it's an hour and 26 minutes. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, so <laughs> we're going to, uh, like I said, we have a couple of sound clips that I had intended on finding <laughs> and attaching to this episode, but I'm going to have to do it in post. Uh, so this clip is going to be Jim Jones's, uh, it's the death tapes. It's from the day of the mass suicide and it's, it's kind of rough. You can hear, you can hear the children in the background crying, which the children were the first to go. And this is kind of like the most fucked up part about this is even if your followers wanted to kill themselves for you, the children didn't. The children had no say in the matter. You know, and so these children were were forced to to ingest the poison. Uh most of them it was injected like or it was like, you know, uh syringed into their mouths uh if they were young enough. And then like the rest of them it was like injected and like the, these kids had no no say in the matter. Like it, it was it was murder. It was literally fucking murder. 
And there's there's a sound clip where you can hear Jim Jones telling his wife to calm down because she's screaming and crying as the children are dying around her because she raised the children. She was teaching the preschool in Jonestown. And so, like, you hear him telling her he's a mother, 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 calm down. Like, calm down. It's okay. And it's not okay. These children are fucking dying in agony. Like, this was not an easy death. This was a harsh, fucking painful death. Like, they were foaming at the mouth. They were fucking writhing in agony. This was, like, not an easy death for any of them. And that's why Jim Jones took a bullet to the head. Because he was a pussy. If you believe that he's dead. Yeah, if you believe he's dead. But, I don't know. He well, could, actually, he'd probably already be dead by If you believe he died he, Even if day. he survived Jonestown, he's dead now. Hey, you want to know who Jim Jones turned into? Jim Jones Joel stayed alive. He lost, he lost weight, and he turned into Robert Stack. Who? The guy from Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> oh, no, I was going to say he turned into Joel Olstein. And he started fucking preaching Christianity and got a mansion. And all of a sudden, he's a fucking little rich douchebag. Oh, wait. Joel Osteen is just a rich douchebag. Never mind. Uh, so, that has been Jim Jones. That has been Jonestown. I mean, we've established that Jim Jones is a fucked up individual. Yeah, no, he was a terrible man who uh, he used religion to his advantage. And and anal sex, probably that too, but uh, no, he like he really just uh, he took religion like we had mentioned in the first episode, weaponized religion. Like that's that's what it really came down to is he found a way to weaponize religion and turn it into a dangerous fucking tool, and it resulted in the death of nine hundred nine people. In one day. 908, we know he's not dead. Okay, 908, because Jim Jones is Joel Olstein. I mean, Jim Jones is still alive. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, thank you for listening to Dab to Death. You can find us on all of your social media platforms at Dab to Death, unless you're on Instagram, then it's at Dab to Death Podcast. Uh, if you would like to be our Dab to Death intern and you are in the Sacramento, California area, please hit us up at ghosthost at dabtodeath.com. Give us a little bit about yourself, why you would like to be on the show or be involved with the show, and uh, we can make it happen because we really, really, really need an intern. And like I said, this will be a paid production position eventually, like production manager maybe. We'll figure it out. We'll talk it out. Come on, hit us up. If you have any serial killers, any topics, anything like that that you want us to talk about, please hit us up at feedback at dabtodeath.com or just message us on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, whatever. And uh, other than that, um, thank you for listening. Dab to Death and its subsidiaries are not responsible for anything you look up on the internet about Dick Cock <laughs> Anonymous. Yes, exactly. Actually, that. Specifically that. Um, but yeah, other than that, please rate, review, and do all those things that you do. Uh, and other than that, 
But uh, thank you for listening. Tune in next week. I don't know what we're doing next week. Anyway, thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week. Love you guys. Dick signing out. Nick signing out. Later.